0: Hey guys, welcome back to We Watch Movie. I am Mike, and another scream script that never made it to the screen. Scream 3 is a wild, wild story. (laughs) From everything that happened, the original script in which Kevin Williamson had Stu surviving and running a cult that was causing all this shit from behind bars ended up being the plot of the TV show, The Following, starring Kevin Bacon. Multiple scripts, things like that, that were shelved because Columbine happened. And the Weinsteins, with one of the many bad decisions that they made, you could say, wanted Scream 3 to be way chill on the violence, which is why we got this strange movie we ended up getting written partly by Aaron Kruger, who also wrote multiple other scripts leading up to what we saw as the final Scream 3. Now, I want to thank Scream Thrilogy, the website, for bringing this to my attention. It's an awesome website with all sorts of great Scream stuff that you should check out. I'll put a link down to their website below. They're the ones who sent me this. Now, it was made official. This has been floating around the internet for some time, but they did just find out that this was official. This was a script that was written, in fact, by Aaron Kruger, whose name I'm hoping I'm saying right. And it's got a lot of the same framework, just like the video we just did recently on the Scream 2 script that never made it to Scream. A lot of the same frameworks, but different killers and a whole bunch of different stuff along the way, which we're going to go through bit by bit right now. But before we do... If you guys would click like on the video, I'd appreciate it. It helps the video grow. And also, if you like digging into old scripts and stuff like that and figuring out who could have been the killer and what and Scream and Scream updates for the upcoming movies and Halloween and all that stuff, please consider clicking subscribe and the bell so that you're notified when we make videos. Because if you don't, YouTube likes to bury our videos because we say things like shit, cock, and balls. Now, if that offends you, you are watching a movie about people being brutally slaughtered. So think about it. If it doesn't offend you, I hope you'll think about subscribing let's get into the script now the opening of the script happens pretty much the same way with cotton weary dying in almost the same way except for there is no voice changer in this early script but after that things get a little bit fucking wackadoo so starting off sydney works at a daycare center she finds out about the news of cotton weary's death on tv at the daycare center the people she's working with know who they are because she's like i gotta go home and they're like yeah get the fuck out of here before ghostface shows up and starts killing us all as Stu would say you're tainted good sydney that is a bad choice of employment if you're sydney prescott yeah let me put a bunch of children in danger when ghostface inevitably shows up for the third time to hack me into little bits and pieces you hear that ed bears now, you're putting the whole station in jeopardy. Now, in this script, Gail and Detective Mark Cade and Dewey all come to Woodsboro to see if Sydney's okay, to find out what's going on. They even have a shot of them sitting at the same fountain from Scream. Oh, 200 milligrams of caffeine in my body, Sydney. Get it up! Coincidentally, that's also what I say when I go through the drive-thru at Starbucks Dewey and Gale in this point in the script are separated They run into each other for the first time in this scene and they have this big blow-up fight in front of everybody As they always do and this one's funny though Because she's like you even accused my my cameraman Joel and I of having an affair and Dewey's like all ashamed of himself. He's like yeah I guess I did do that. So meanwhile, stab two is being filmed as well, and and the character of Angelina shows up. She's been leaving Sydney tons of voicemails. She's being very stalkerish, trying to get in Sydney's head and figure out what it's like to be her. And she accidentally even calls her a failed actress at one point. And you can just see all this taking place, just like a scream movie would. It's 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 well written, and, and I feel like Aaron does get a, have a good hold on the characters. The problems with Scream three were never about how he handled the original cast I felt like. I felt like it was all the newcomer stuff, which we'll get into as well. Dewey has some great Dewey-rific lines where he's just like, you can just, it's it just shows you how great of an actor David Arquette is and what a great job they did with that character because you read some of these lines and they just sound like someone saying them, but when you picture Dewey and the character reading them, you can you know exactly, you can picture exactly what that would look like. So Sydney goes home, back to her house, the same house she was living in in the original Scream movie, and her dad is away on business. Of course, Neil's never fucking around for his kids. Sydney gets a call in this scene at her house and boom, Ghostface shows up from the closet behind her and they get nostalgic on us cause it's the exact same down to the T chase scene that we had in the original scream she runs up the steps she blocks the door she even gets on her computer to call 911, the exact same way she did in 96's scream only this time she has a little gun she picks up the gun she goes towards the door but ghost face kicks it out of her hand knocks her out and kidnaps her she's gone dewey shows up the cops all show up and dewey's like she's been kidnapped he's taken her where we don't know and dewey's so his face is so full of determination and anger that he has like tears coming out of it and he's like i'm gonna get that motherfucker dewey's always been kind of a great red herring too because of the way he loves sydney so much but it's also a nice touch to the character that he just cares so much about her but yeah sydney's kidnapped here and she's gone up until the end of the script which is really weird when you consider how we're looking at scream six as, oh my god there's no sydney what's this gonna be like she in this script was barely in the movie at all So some differences here, the character of Roman in this is not the director of the film. The character of Roman's playing the character of Derek from Scream 2. He's like a pretty boy in the movie. And the director of the movie is fucking Gale. Gale is directing Stab 2, which is just wild to think about, but also is kind of fucking believable. I could see Gale doing some fucked up shit like that, which is why the wrong kid died in Scream 5. The wrong kid died. Boom, boom, boom. There's some great meta talk about third movies and sequels, and they actually throw some shade out of Nightmare on Elm Street 3. They're like, every third movie in a franchise isn't that great, and and the lead character dies. Think about it. Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Godfather 3, Alien 3, and that's an interesting take too. Gail even says, she's like, that's why I kill off Sydney in my movie, because no lead character, no more franchise. So she's directing it, but she also kind of wants it to die. And then we go through a lot of the same beats that are in Scream 3, as far as the house blowing up, the, the, the facts, that they're getting the security guard, the Dewey thing, all that stuff that happens in Scream 3. And honestly, when you read it, it kind of reminds you of why Scream 3 didn't work as well as the other movies. I've grown to love it over time, but it still doesn't work as well as any of the other movies in my opinion because it focuses on these new actors, the stab actors way too much. They're just not that interesting. They're a little too hokey and like 90210-ish and they're going too hard towards the actor Beverly Hills type of thing. And I get the idea, but it's just too much. And it takes the focus away from our lead characters. And the script really just drives that point home. Now we go on to the house. Now the character played by Lance Henriksen's character, Milton, is still the producer in this situation. They are at a party at his house. They find roman's body in one of the prop coffins that are in his house right after they find the ghostface costume in milton's room so they're thinking it's milton and then the next thing you know ghostface shows up and kills milton in front of everybody the next thing you know after that sydney shows up out of nowhere she says he had me bound and gagged i don't know why he didn't kill me and then ghostface pops up sydney shoots him kills him they pull the mask off the killer was detective Kincaid. Grey's Anatomy, McDreamy himself, was the killer in this scene, and Sydney pops up and kills him. But it all seems a little too easy, it all seems a little too fishy. So, whereas the original movie ended, you know, with Roman being the killer and all that stuff in there, a lot of that stuff played out the same, as far as the secret rooms in the house and all the things like that, but just a a completely different killer was revealed. But something just feels off, and the movie keeps going. Sydney goes back home to her dad, who's being extremely fucking weird and kind of red-herring-ish, just the way he's acting. She can't go to sleep, so she goes to the police station where Dale and Gu- Dale and Gooey, where Gail and Dewey are sitting around talking about how it just doesn't feel right. They're talking to each other and like, why wouldn't the killer just kill Sydney? And then they got the autopsy report back on Kincaid, which said he was stabbed three different times before Sydney shot him. The next thing you know, Sydney walks in, they get a phone call. It's Ghostface. They star 69 it, and the motherfucking call is coming from Stu's house. Whose house? Run's house. Whose house? Stu's house. Say what? Martin Martin. They go to Stu's house. Gale goes in first and Ghostface tells her, what's the matter with you? Don't you get it? It's not Sydney. I want. I want you. Dewey goes in running after her. Ghostface gets the drop on them both and Dewey just screams to Sydney, run. She hears it from outside the house. She gets in his cruiser. She calls for backup and then has a moment where she decides, no, fuck this. I'm going in there and I'm going to end this for myself. She gets a determined look on her face. She picks up the CB and she's like, oh, and by the way, send to Hurst. And you get the idea. She's going in there to kill that motherfucker again when she goes back in the house both gail and dewey are tied up and we're back in the kitchen of Stu mocker's house very scream five-ish some stuff that's going on here the killer tells sydney he's like you should not have come back here he reveals himself it's sydney's fucking dad neil prescott as many people have suspected before is actually the killer his motives Mm, his whole thing is he wanted to kill gail This whole thing was built so that he could take Gail down because she promised him that when she wrote her book, that she would take care of him and Sydney financially. And the book got big. And he's like, she, he has this whole big reveal where he's like, she wrote the book. She profited off our sadness and all the things that we went through. And now a movie has come out and she's still not taking care of us. And he's like, I needed money to put you through college, Sydney. And then you left college and we still have to take care of stuff. The stuff about needing money is a little weak sauce in my opinion, but the stuff about Gail actually sort of checks out a little. And he has a little line, "It's like, because she fucked me, she fucked us both. When those two little shits killed my wife, she decided she was going to defend the man who had been side-fucking Marine for years. Then she writes the book, makes that movie. She promised me my just desserts. Weird line there. Cheesecake? She promised me she would help me take care of you by giving me the money I deserved. After all, she was making a living off your life story. He tries to talk Sydney into going along with his plan and she won't do it, so he ends up knocking her out. Gale gets loose. He chases her down. They have a pretty good fight scene between him and Gale. It's pretty intense. He then shoots and seemingly kills Gale. And then the phone rings. He picks up the phone and turns around. Gail's body is gone. He picks it up and while his back's turned, Gail shows up and stabs him in the back with like a letter opener thing and reveals that she was wearing a bulletproof vest. And she says, I guess it's my killer instincts. Then stabs him with a heart with it. He dies. And then she has to look at Sydney and be like, Uh, I killed your dad. They do the gag where he pops up one last time as the killer always does. And then Sydney is the one to put the bullet in his head. And then at the end of the movie, Dewey and Gale get engaged and Sydney does her whole walking off powerful into the sunset and you just get the idea that she's better off now (laughs) i like the ending in three a little bit better because in this one you just had her do that in two i always thought two was so weird when she walks off campus all of her friends are dead and like this happy collective soul songs playing it's like this is weird but yeah that's the script guys big differences totally different killer the whole roman character is a completely separate thing lots of moving around I don't know, man. The The Roman motives in reveal were pretty well done. Although I thought Roman was kind of dull himself, that reveal scene was pretty great and pretty in-depth. But this would have been pretty wild. It just makes me feel so much worse for Sydney. Like, just this brother you didn't know you, you even had being a killer is one thing, but your dad after everything being the killer is another. Who knows? Maybe they end up using this down the road. But, I mean, it had a lot of the same problems in the script that Scream 3 did, for sure. But it had some really cool moments in there like that. So, and I love that we went back to Stu's house. I'm going to go ahead and say, I think I would have liked to see this above the, the ending that we got in Scream 3. Comment down below. What do you guys think? If you had to pick right now, even though we haven't seen this movie, knowing what you know, would you have rather seen this or the Scream 3 ending that we got with Roman and all that stuff? Comment down below, let me know. Again, thank you Scream G for sending this over. Thank all of you guys for taking the time to watch this. And if you like stuff like this, and you want to see more unmade scripts in the future, click subscribe and the bell. Love your fucking faces, I'll be right back. Halloween never ends, suck my fucking dick, and I don't really care, what well, Blumhouse fucking says. Put him in a box, for we'll suck a fucking cock. You can say he's dead, but we all know he's not, yeah. So let's go trick or treating. Let's go fucking drinking. Let's all go rim pumpkin head on VHS. Cause Halloween never ends. Halloween never ends. Halloween never ends. Yeah.